0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 110 of Crunch Time with the N326 Duo. I am your host today, Sam Godsey, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Tanner Dizzlin. Tanner, how are you doing tonight?
1: Tell you what, Sam, I am doing great. You know why? Things broke the way of my football teams this weekend. It was great to see Iowa getting a... Big win against Rutgers. We'll talk about that later. And some other Big Ten teams may have, or Big Ten West teams, excuse me, may have lost, making the way for uh, for Iowa to to Indianapolis a little bit easier. And then, of course, Josh Dobbs' experience just continues to roll in Minnesota. So, good weekend of football, especially for me.
0: Yeah, and me too. And I mean, too, of I course. mean, like he said, uh,
1: the JV uh, Giants couldn't yeah. uh, couldn't stand up to the to the Cowboys. Yeah,
0: that was tough, huh? but we will talk about that and all the big games of the weekend in college football. NFL will crown our players of the week, finish up with some pick them in question as we always do. Tanner, let's kick it off with our winners and losers of the episode. Who is your winner?
1: Yes, yeah, Sam. So I'm going to do something I rarely do. Um, uh, my winner is going to be a sports team from Philadelphia. It's going to be Ew. gross. I might vomit a little bit in my mouth, but it's all good because there's something uh, something or someone I might dislike a little bit more than the city of Philadelphia. Um, and the 76ers are playing really good basketball right now. They're 8-1 and one in the Eastern Conference. Um, yeah, they're playing great basketball. One of the main reasons why is they got rid of an absolute cancer yeah. from their locker room, Sam. Of course, we're talking about the James Harden trade. I can't remember if we even talked about it on the podcast I don't at think all. We did. That's just because we just simply do not care. He is an absolute cancer. Is, I can't believe anyone's still trying to get him. But he was traded on Halloween, actually. And since then, the 76ers are one, two, three, four, five, six and oh. Six and 0 oh since trading away James Harden and of course he went to the clippers um and he it took him a few a, a little bit uh, a few days to actually get in the lineup yeah. for the clippers but since the clippers acquired him and he actually was playing minutes for the clippers they are 0 4 6 and 0 for the 76ers 0 yeah. 4 for the clippers uh hard to not hard to not uh, uh make the 76ers a winner a because of their hot start but b Seems like they made out like a bandit in that trade. Yeah,
0: season. absolutely. I mean, uh, you think they're happy uh, getting rid of James Harden and keeping the dog that is Tyrese Maxey? He's going absolute absolutely stud. crazy. An absolute stuff. A couple it's, nights ago, went for fifty. I want to say um, it's insane. Yeah. Him and uh, Joel and beat are scary.
1: Valuable minutes, touches, possessions were run through James Harden a year ago instead of Tyrese Maxey, and that's just crazy to think about. Yeah. It, Tyrese is an absolute stud. The 76ers look way different with him as point guard as compared to James Harden. Yeah, so, absolutely. I would not make them a winner.
0: Yeah. It's got to be a little sour taste, but definitely uh, worthy feels of good being, dunking on James Harden. Oh, absolutely. Shirley, I mean, he is my favorite player. Right. But right, of course. No, uh, yeah, definitely... Um, Definitely impressive little uh, run the 76ers are going on.
1: Surely, I mean, surely you saw the, uh, what was it? The was it a,
0: The Mavs? Mavericks report. The Mavericks oh, Reporter. The, the Mavericks Shout out. Report. If you
1: haven't seen it, you definitely should. You can just look it up uh, on Twitter or excuse me, X, X. TikTok, Google, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Mavericks Reporter goes off on James Harden. Everything he said was 100% facts and it's awesome. You got to yeah. go watch it. Definitely,
0: uh-huh. definitely need to watch it. Yeah.
1: Dude, James Harden is an absolute bum. He's fat. He's lazy. He doesn't want to play. Uh, he doesn't want to play playoff basketball. He doesn't want to work for anything. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's how we ended up here.
0: Yeah, you don't love ball. But for my winner, I got to stay on the hardwood. You know where I'm going. Hawkeye podcast, mm-hmm. I'd say. And the GOAT of women's basketball caitlin clark adding another impressive stat to her resume she became iowa's all-time career scoring leader um on sunday against northern iowa and also recorded her 12th triple double of her career she had 24 points 11 assists and 10 rebounds uh joining sabrina ionesco as the only NCAA Division one player to record a triple double in four different seasons, um, Clark now has two thousand eight hundred thirteen career points uh, for the Hawkeyes. Passing Megan Gustafson, who scored two thousand eight hundred and four points from fifteen to nineteen.
1: I am twenty eight hundred points. Yeah, remember when like, 1, is yeah. like a thousand points? Yeah, you know, like a.
0: 2,800.
1: Yeah, it's insane. It's unbelievable. She's a hooper. <laughs> that's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And just kind of throw a jab at Shaq for uh, saying Angel Reese is a face of women's basketball okay. right now. That's just not true, bud. Yeah, but uh it's gotta stick together, I sure. guess. I guess. Yeah. But uh definitely shout out Caitlin Clark, uh putting kind of been putting College women's basketball, like on the map, um, absolutely. Iowa Hawkeyes probably gonna be number one uh, in the upcoming rankings with the loss uh, to LSU f- from LSU and UConn uh, this past week. So, uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, face of college football or face of uh, college basketball, and uh, gonna be leading the number one Hawkeyes. It it seems to be true.
1: Quick question: South Carolina. Beats Iowa in the final four last year. What percent of the viewers in that game watch if it's South Carolina LSU? I know a lot. I'm I'm thinking, like, like of the total viewership, what, like 70, 75%? Yeah. Probably view, like, there had to be a good 20, 25, not more percent watching just for Caitlin.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But now, Tanner, let's flip it on the other side of the coin. Who is your loser?
1: Yeah, Sam. So my loser is Mark Sanchez. Yeah, we all remember Mark Sanchez, quarterback for USC, played for... but fumble. Uh, did you happen to broadcast? I did not. So it, was a, uh, it was in the Commander Seahawks game. He was calling, and um, uh, there was just a. Play where um commanders receiver Diami D Y A M I down, Day- sure, Dayami let's Brown, go with that. And, yeah. pass, and uh, he was going up against the Seahawks defensive back, Trey Brown. okay. So it was Diamond Brown versus Trey Brown, and Mark Sanchez. Oh
0: no, we've got
1: Brown on Brown crime. Oh, uh, oh. talking about this. play. Oh. I'm going brown and Trey Brown. Leave it or not, that's probably not a good thing to say.
0: Oh Ooh. <laughs> Nick Castellanos to what
1: Yeah, Nick Castellanos in the in the wow. Wow. Grand Slam. But yeah. Yeah. That's... He said we got Brown on Brown Friday. That's bad.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, that that's not good. Um, obviously, gotta mention, uh, Sharon Moore, uh, interim head coach for Michigan. Uh, his post game conference. I know you've seen this one. Uh, acting like Jim Harbaugh is dead. He's not. Um, well, we'll touch on a uh, little Jim Harbaugh <laughs> later, but I thought that would be the worst post game post-game interview of the weekend but um (laughs) no 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 uh just when you thought it couldn't get worse here enters megan rapino um she played her last game uh last career game this past weekend got hurt um got and obviously ended her game early and in the post-conference post-game conference and I quote: If there was a God, this is proof there isn't.
1: Yeah. Um. So you what? You yes. Yeah, so so you, you retire. Um. I mean, regardless of how you feel about her, I'm a great career, a good yeah. player. Your press conference. Um, you know you can reflect on your career. You talk about oh, it's disappointing, but you know my body's held up through you know playing the sport, however long. No, no, no. God isn't real. Yeah, that's that's what she decides to go with uh, in her post game press conference. Um, I got no words to be honest with you. Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, it was. uh, It left a lot of people speechless for sure. There. You want to talk some college football? Let's talk some football. Let's talk some football. Kicked off with a big time Big Ten East matchup without Jim Harbaugh. Michigan goes into Happy Valley and walks away with a 24 15 win. Tanner, battle of the kind of the top dogs of Big Ten East. James Franklin has struggled and this is just another game to add to his struggles against the two top dogs of the big 10 East. But what were your thoughts on this one?
1: I mean, really it boils down to one thing they did what I didn't think they could do. What I talked about last week is that I don't think this Michigan team is going to be able to just run the ball and lean on this Penn state defense and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, JJ McCarthy, who is an objectively good college quarterback, can put up some really good numbers. Uh 7 for 8 for 60 yards. Bro didn't need to do a single damn thing. When Blake Corum, the best running back in college football over the past 2 years, can't, comes out here with a 26 carry, 145 yard, two touchdown performance and Donovan Edwards is Donovan Edwards is backup Two of them have run all over Ohio State over the past few years. He adds another 52 yards and a touchdown by himself. Uh, And then J.J. McCarthy adds 34 on the ground. Like, they just didn't throw the ball because they didn't need to.
0: Yeah. I mean, it uh, definitely looked like that. I mean, the storyline, like you said, we were talking about last week on uh, last week's episode. If Penn State for, like, if they can shut down the running game, this will be a back and forth game. Um, But obviously that didn't happen. Michigan could do whatever they wanted on the ground. Um, Didn't really need a quarterback to be honest with you, Tanner. Um, Mm -hmm. Penn state is uh, in a interesting um, situation. Obviously James Franklin is considered one of the best coaches in college football, I'd say, but he's consistently can't win the big games in the Big Ten East. Uh, obviously, against uh, Ohio State and Michigan, we've seen it time- year by year. Um, they did can their offensive coordinator, which after this performance, definitely deserving. So, uh, Drew Allard looked awful, ten for twenty-two, only seventy yards, had one touchdown, but really didn't look impressive at all. Um seemed that the offense on Penn State side just struggled tremendously, couldn't get anything going. So not not surprising to see they uh moved on from their offensive coordinator, but definitely some cause for concerns up up uh the in the ranks of coaching.
1: The conversation a little bit ago, how high we were on Penn State. About how Drew Aller looked really good as their quarterback, yeah. and how they finally had the playmaker that they hadn't since McSorley, you know, or maybe the early years of Sean Clifford. Like, yeah, they have their quarterback now. It's the best quarterback they've had in a while, and just over the past few weeks, he has looked brutal. Really struggled to get things going, and I mean, yeah, when you're in the Big Ten, you said he had, uh, James Franklin has struggled to beat Michigan and Ohio State. Absolutely true. Next year. Don't get much easier when you bring in Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Washington, Washington. USC, UCLA, Oregon. So, yeah, I mean, I don't – I personally don't think it's quite time to – you know, it's not time to move on from James Franklin. But, yes, I agree. These conversations are starting to be had. Yeah. About whether or not someone else is the guy to get him over the hump. But, yeah, just another brutal offensive performance uh, for a team that – I mean, just really hasn't given us anything in big games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, speaking of a potential opponent of the Nittany Lions, let's talk about this Washington-Utah game. It seems week in and week out, we get a different Utah team. They competed tough in this one, but Washington uh, just proved to be the better team late in the game. Um Washington ended up improving their record to ten and zero, winning thirty five to twenty eight. Tanner, give me your thoughts on this one.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> they have a really good roster with a healthy Cam Rising. I think we're talking about a different Utah team, uh, definitely in terms of where they sit in the national rankings and what what their outlook is looking like, but. The nature of the Pac-12, we have to talk about the defenses. I mean, Washington is one of the best offenses in in college football. We know that. Of course, I want to talk about focus on Washington, the team that is a you know college football playoff uh contestant. Uh Utah's offense against good teams this year. You know, I'm not talking about your Arizona States or your, your I should say good, like competent defenses. Comfortant. I'm not talking about your Arizona States, your even your USCs or your Californias, but Against Oregon, Utah scored six. Against Oregon State, Utah scored seven. Against UCLA, Utah scored 14. Now, they scored 55 against Arizona State, but again, really bad defense there. And then they scored 34 against Cal and 34 against USC. So, yeah. But 28 against Washington. Yeah, I see, it seems like I'm gonna need a little bit more out of Washington's defense. Maybe not necessarily to win the Pac-12, uh, because they already got that win over Oregon. Um, we we last time we last episode we covered that they didn't have the Pac-12 doesn't have. The, I
0: don't believe. Yeah, I don't no. think
1: they do either. So they're probably gonna meet again in the in the title game. Yeah. Um. So I mean, pretty much win that game, you're in the playoff. If you're gonna make any noise in the playoff. Your defense got to give you something. Yeah. Because this this Utah team right now is not a very good offensive team. Giving up 28 at home, uh, making this game a lot closer than it needed to be. Of course, if Washington just carried the ball over the end zone on the interception, mm-hmm. the game looks a little different. But um, it's a little bit, a little bit cause for concern. But, you know, I still I still think this Washington's team's really good, obviously. But I thought they maybe should have beaten by more.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um Definitely. I think the biggest takeaway here is Washington's defense struggled. Um, and Michael Penix, I mean, you look at the stats 332 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, but we're used to seeing this guy just put up crazy, crazy numbers like what he did, but way more accurate. It seemed like he just kind of had an off game, Throwing for 300 yards, but 24 for 42. We're a lot, we're used to him being way more accurate, way more consistent, uh, throwing the ball. But definitely the biggest takeaway. I 100% agree with you, Tanner. A little concern for uh, Washington's defense after giving up 28 to Utah, who has struggled.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I just needed a quick fantasy check. I'm in a tight one, but a touchdown from Josh Allen helps me. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, but seems like Washington winning your in against Oregon. Yeah. That's what it comes down to.
0: Speaking of teams that control their own destiny and seems that they are basically right in for the college football playoffs, um, Georgia Bulldogs, absolutely slaughtering the old miss rebels 52 to 17 um it seemed like this was the game that could potentially slip up uh georgia the if if that was going to happen this year it seemed to be this one in the regular season but that did not happen georgia looked as dominant as ever um what were your thoughts on this one
1: yeah, I mean this was the big Hey Cox football playoff idiots. We're Georgia. We're the number one team in the country. I know we've said in the past that Michigan is number one team in the country. They have the you know they've been looking dominant. I think we're all stupid. I think Georgia's the best <laughs> yeah. team in the country. I mean, I'm I'm looking at number what was uh what number one Ohio State. I'm looking at their schedule. Why were they number one? Well, because of all because of their resume. Well, they played twelve Ohio number twelve Ohio State at home. Won by eight at home.
0: You mean which whose schedule are you looking at? Ohio State, Who was Who, number one in the college football playoff? And they day. played number twelve. You said they played twelve Ohio State. So I just, Sorry. you're good. You're good.
1: They played twelve Penn State at home. Okay. Ohio State, just Penn State in Columbus. They won by eight. They played Notre Dame, the team that we now know sucks. <laughs> we now know, yeah, they stink. Granted, in West Lafayette, uh, or excuse me, South Bend, West Lafayette, uh, Purdue. Anyway, in South Bend, one by three, needed a Needed a you know a last second touchdown. Ohio State beat Michigan State, the low Michigan State that is just horrible yeah. I believe they have one conference win last week against Nebraska. They beat them by 35 at home. Georgia took on number nine Ole Miss, which is closer than either of those two ranked wins that Ohio State had, the difference in in number, and beat them by 35. Yeah. Georgia's the best team in the country. Stop doubting. Stop. I don't care. This game is your problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought – I mean, we really hadn't seen Georgia kind of face a super good team this year. I actually had Ole Miss. Uh, I actually picked Ole Miss and pick him last week because I just thought Georgia hasn't faced an offense like this. I think Jackson Dart is going to sling it and uh, potentially upset. Boy, was I wrong. Jackson Dart struggled tremendously, 10 for 17. Got a little banged up, but only 112 yards, one interception. Um, they shut this explosive offense down. Georgia is obviously known for their um, known for their defense, but Ole Miss is is considered one of the best offenses in the country, and they've they only had 350 yards, which is not a lot in terms of their offense. But then you look on the weaker part of this Georgia team, their offense. 311 passing yards, 300 rushing yards, totaling 611. Um, People kind of have been not overly impressed with Carson Beck, um, just doing enough to kind of get the job done for the Bulldogs. Looked tremendous in this one, 18 for 25, 306 yards, two touchdowns. Had that one interception, but really didn't matter in the end of it. Kendall Milton in their backfield, nine carries, 127 yards, two touchdowns. Dejan, uh Edwards, another running back, 12 rushes, 59 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Lad-, Lad McConkey, four receptions, 81 yards, one touchdown. Just spreading the love across the offense. Um just a truly impressive game by Georgia. And to be honest there, I don't think a lot of people expected Georgia to just steamroll through the Rebels.
1: Nope. I didn't either. But, yeah, they needed to make a statement to the college football playoff committee.
0: Yeah. And uh, Kirby Smart definitely had his boys ready, and they showed. Let's talk about the Hawkeyes. Took on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and ended up scoring twenty two points, <laughs> twenty two to nothing. Uh, give me your thoughts, man. This this was a wild one.
1: Um, I I have two well two two main thoughts. One, um, we say it all the time, but this time re- this really had me shocked. Man alive phil parker coach defense this defense is unreal this is a rutgers team that was six and three coming into this game they can score points um looking at some of their past games uh 31 against indiana um remember they hung with uh they hung with ohio state uh scored 27 on michigan state like this this team is not bad by any stretch of the imagination and they got skunked, skunked by this Hawkeye defense. I just I just cannot say enough top to bottom about everybody. Uh, and, I mean, Quinn Schultz, he almost had a pick six in the game. Um, and then on the offensive side of things, what a second half from the offense, yeah. Sam. That was a total of 19 points scored in the second half. Um, Deacon Hill looked comfortable. And it was a shame because his best drive of the day ended up in an interception uh from one of the worst reads I've ever seen a quarterback make. Uh, frankly. But before that, he was actually spinning the rock a little bit, getting the ball to his playmakers. I believe after Brown is listed as wide receiver one on the Iowa depth chart. Yeah, he's really making turning some heads in the Iowa camp. It's almost like he's really talented. And the fact that it took till week 10 or 11 excuse me to figure that out is obviously very concerning but anyway the offense looked pretty good in the second half at least and the defense is as good as ever so like this was one of the more well-rounded games i always played this year
0: yeah i mean it's amazing what happens when you have a semi-competent offense you tend to just dominate and take names
1: over 400 yards,
0: over 400 yards for a first time in like,
1: <laughs> seems like forever,
0: 14, 15 games. I want to say, um, but this game really showed how good that Iowa offense or Iowa defense was. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Rutgers running back. Kyle Moninjai.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's um
0: um, guy. guy, I think. Monung Monung guy. Guy. yeah. Uh, he's a Big Ten leading rusher, and he got held to thirteen carries for thirty-nine yards.
1: Three yards a carry.
0: That is that just shows you how Don just truly dominant this Iowa defense is. But like you said, Tanner, uh, finally looked like Deacon Hill was comfortable in the pocket. Um, had plays to multiple receivers and clean a 58 yard dot to the tight end of course because god knows we're not going to complete a long pass to a receiver but just a dominant performance by the hawkeyes uh can't can't ask for much more bingo shall we talk some nfl Let's move to
1: the professionals
0: So we're doing things a little differently this week. We're actually recording on Monday night. Um, As y'all know, Broncos up on the Bills 9-8. It's been a weird game. Uh, Josh Allen and one of three uh, in two of the first three drives through a pick. Um, Definitely some concerns uh, from the Bills. But we're going to kick off with probably the best game of the weekend. Uh, Browns versus Ravens. Browns inching out late in the game. 33-31 to 31 against the Ravens, who we thought were the hottest team. Uh, talking big, big talk about the defense. Obviously, the dominant offense has kind of always been there with Lamar Jackson. But their defense is really what brought... This team to next level, and the Browns come in and kind of shock, shock the league, honestly, uh, and uh, escape with a win late uh, in this one. But, Taylor, what were your thoughts on this one, man?
1: Uh, first up, as soon as we open our mouth about the Ravens, of course, they got to lose a big one at home. You know how it's got to be. We got to, as soon as we declare them the best team in the AFC, yep. they have, they got to lose. Uh, we have to be idiots in, uh, on that front, but. Um, definitely a shocking outcome. The Ravens came out into the gate really yeah. hot, up 24 to 9, up 17 to 3 at the end of the first quarter, 21 or 24 to 9, excuse me, in the game. Then here came the Cleveland Browns, man, in that fourth quarter, outscoring the Ravens 16 to 7, a 24 to 14 second half, a big second half for the Browns. But the backbreaker, Sam, was a pick six thrown by Lamar Jackson to Greg Newsome yeah. in a 31-24 game. I believe there was eight or so minutes left. Ravens yeah. had the ball. You know how they love to run the football, the ability to handle business on the ground, keep that clock running, something that the Ravens have done many times in the past. Not this time. Pick six from Newsom put the, put the Browns right back in the game.
0: and uh, And we got to talk about this Browns offense. Yeah, are they good? Question mark. Yeah, they might be, man. I mean, we we all kind of knew how good Deshaun Watson was in the past. We hadn't seen it. It hadn't seen it in Cleveland. Uh obviously everyone remembers him on Texans, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We haven't gotten that uh from him as a Cleveland Brown. But he played really well this game. Um obviously uh helped out that Jerome Ford, their running back, could do no wrong this one. 17 carries for 107 yards. Uh, this team is looking impressive. We all know about their defense, um, led by obviously Miles Garrett. Um, but impressive win by the Browns. Um but like you said, of course, when we uh when we crown a team kind of the best in the league, um they of course screw it up the following week.
1: I'm about to do it again. Better do it again a little bit. The Browns it's gonna sound weird coming off a game where they give up thirty one points. Browns, unequivocally best defense in the NFL. Oh
0: 100 percent Unequivocally
1: best defense in the NFL. So they'll
0: probably give up forty so, something. Yep, week. Where they
1: play next week. We got uh the Steelers. So that's okay. not happening.
0: <laughs> ah. No, 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 they, will, our, our they will
1: They will undoubtedly outgain the Steelers because every single team has this year. And yes, the Steelers are six and seven and three, six and three, something like that. Crazy. But yes, they will undoubtedly outgain the Steelers. Who knows if they'll win? But yeah, best events in the league in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's why they ended up winning this game. Um basically shut down the Ravens in that second half Uh, led to a tremendous comeback uh, by the Browns but let's talk about this Houston Texans team man facing against a red hot Bengals team goes into Cincinnati comes out with a three point win 30 to 27 CJ Shroud okay now rookie offensive rookie of the year it's not even a question anymore over the past 2 weeks he has been unbelievable um the fact i still can't fathom you take Bryce Young over him um but Tanner Talk to me about this one.
1: Yeah, I mean it's really it's really simple. The legend of CJ Stroud just continues. I don't know what else to say about this team, man. Three hundred and fifty six on the on the you know through the air and a touchdown. The dude takes care of the football. He did have an interception today, but whether it's like second or third on the year, yeah. Um, Like I I I don't. The dude's an absolute stud. This is a quarterback that you haven't seen from the Texans. I guess maybe. From Prime to Sean Watson, but he didn't have you know he didn't. I don't even know if he played this well as as Stroud's playing right now. I mean, Ooh. Noah Brown was he was he a Cowboy last
0: year? He was a Cowboy. He was like, yeah. he was like our seventh round yeah. pick.
1: Respectfully,
0: who? Yeah,
1: is going out for seven receptions, 172 yards. Like Tank Dell was that guy last week? Like, what's going on in the world of um, in the world of this of this Texans team? And then Devin Singletary, adding 150 yards on the ground, he had 30 carries. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, it was, it was Yeah, I, – I mean, I'm speechless right now. Yeah. players are playing well for the Texans that we didn't think would have any run game. Yeah. We're obviously wrong. And all of that is on the back of number seven, man, because when you have a quarterback who can sling that damn rock, they don't, have, they don't load the box against that run game. Everything opens up. This offense is, I mean, this offense is multifaceted. They can beat you in many different ways. And they're scoring 30 on the Bengals, man. The Bengals are no slouches. That defense is not bad. Scoring 39 uh, on, on the Buccaneers. Like, they can score points. This team is really, really fun to watch. I'm all in on the Texans. Why not them? I mean, what, if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs? Yeah. Why not them, man? They're so fun. I mean, what what more can you say about um, D'Amico Ryans, their first-year head coach? Like, top to bottom, everyone deserves every ounce of praise from top to bottom. Cannot give Houston enough flowers. This was awesome to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, last week we saw uh, C.J. Stroud lead the Texans down – Uh, down the game-winning drive. We saw it again this week. One thirty-three left. Evan McPherson hits a 31-yard field goal. C.J. Shroud takes him down, uh, gets him in field goal range, hits a game-winner, call it good. C.J. Shroud is unbelievable this year. 23 for 39, 356 yards uh, in this one. Had that one pick, but didn't really cost him in this one. But just an absolute impressive performance over the past couple of weeks by the Texans. Um, and it's not, it's not like the Bengals played bad. Their defense just fell apart when they the Bengals needed most. I mean, Joe Burrow, 347, two touchdowns, had two picks. Um, Joe Mixon couldn't get the run game going, but Burrow got the ball to his playmakers. I mean, Jamar Chase. Five receptions, 124 yards, one touchdown. Ty Boyd, eight receptions, 117 yards. Uh, Obviously, didn't have um, T. Higgins. But this, I'm with you, Dan. This Texans team is legit um, and is truly impressive what C.J. Shroud is doing this year.
1: Yeah, also, big drop from uh, Tyler Boyd. We got to mention that. Uh, Catches that. Yeah. Bengals win in the end zone. But, Sam, I got breaking news. Well, we got Josh Allen has thrown another interception. Jesus, bro! Um, this one Wash? on his own, twenty-five or thirty-seven seconds and a half. Free points for
0: Denver. Wash.
1: I was in a tight fantasy matchup. I was checking it earlier. I have Josh oh, no. Allen. So uh, brutal. Yeah, if he costs me this game, I mean, I'm already on Team Josh Allen is overrated, but my God, if he costs me this game, anyway. Yeah. she just is him. Cincinnati, though. This one hurts. Yeah. This one hurts a lot. Started off the season rough as can be. You have an incredibly hard division. Talking about last week, the team we had, the best team in the is in your division, yeah. the best the defense, defense, the, the newly equipped, yeah. the best defenses in your division. You started off rough, but you're playing really great football since then, beating the 49ers, be- getting some big wins, beat the Bills. This is a game you got to win. Yeah. It's a game you got to win. You didn't uphill battle.
0: Yeah, you can definitely say that, Tanner. Speaking of legacies with CJ Shroud, there was another added page to this man's legacy. Josh Dobbs putting on another clinic for your Minnesota Vikings, 27 to 19 over the Saints. What were your thoughts, man?
1: I mean, I... It's just so impressive. Like, Josh Dobbs – I'm not going to come out here and tell you Josh Dobbs is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not going to come out here and say the Vikings are winning the Super Bowl because they have Josh Dobbs and he's just willing them on their back. No, that's not what's happening. What's happening is a team who lost their starter, got in a guy who can just play football. He can just play football. He can get the ball to his playmakers. He can create when there's nothing there. I mean, Josh Dobbs with his legs has been far and away the biggest revelation for me. I mean, I've talked to you about it. Like when he first took off, like I couldn't I couldn't believe quarterbacks could actually run the ball. Yeah. Uh for a team I root for. Uh turns out they can. Rushing touchdown in this game as well. Uh and the offense is just so much more dynamic yeah. than with Josh Dobbs. I love this move for so many reasons. For each day that this is happening, the likelihood that Kirk Cousins comes back to Minnesota is just dwindling and dwindling. I didn't think it was gonna happen before the season. Then he gets hurt and the outpouring of support, which obviously it should. Uh we all want Kirk to get better. But then the outpouring of support of like you are a quarterback. And then it's like, uh oh, is are we overcorrecting here? Like yeah. because of the way it happened. Are we gonna bring him back just because of this mm-hmm. brutal injury? Um but with the way Josh Dobbs is playing I think they're certainly going to bring him back. Either he's going to either be the starter next year or if, if they decide to draft somebody uh, and, and be under Josh Dobbs and have the pressure of playing right away. Or if you go some other way to bring you, – you have a perfect backup. I mean, he's clearly come in in a pinch and played really good football. Yeah. Um, but anyway, not talking about the future, Josh Dobbs is great. Um, he He's great in this game, especially in the first half. That I mean, the first half, Minnesota led 24 to three at half. Uh, they looked absolutely awesome. This defense man, uh, I know in the second half, uh, the saints ended up making it, a, making it a close game. Uh, but the two touchdowns were kind of, were very, very much Jameis plays where he just kind of threw them up for grabs and a yeah. made a great play. And then the other one, I mean, should have been picked. I don't know what, uh, I think it was, uh, Maybe Mikai Blackman or a rookie cornerback should have, you know, maybe didn't have the best break on the ball. Probably should have been intercepted, but yeah. but it wasn't. Um, but I mean, the defense is playing out of their mind right now. Uh, and the six and four Minnesota Vikings a year ago, this Vikings team was eight and two, and through ten games, eight and two. This team would beat last year's team without a question in my mind. Oh. This team would beat last year's team. The defense, the way the defense is playing, crazy. We also got to talk about TJ Hawkinson, man. Uh, He's banged up. He had bruised ribs, was questionable going into the game, decided to play, had to go into the tent for a minute uh, because he just kept getting banged up and banged up. All he did was 11 receptions, 134 yards, and a touchdown. It's a great time to be a Vikings fan.
0: Yeah. They're winning. Football
1: not only is their schedule easy, but they're officially – fun. I can't remember, like maybe last year the Vikings were pretty fun when they were coming back from all those games, but this is far and away the most fun, like the, the national media is, is jumping on the Josh Dobbs train. It's a great story. He's so fun to root for. This team is so so easy to root for. Oh, and Justin Jefferson's coming back.
0: Yeah. It, it's impressive what the Vikings have done, especially doing it without their running back one, Cam Akers, um, K.J. Osborne's was out this one. I don't know if there's been an update on him. Um, obviously, Jay Jetta is not playing, um, but T.J. Hawkinson and Jordan Nasson have definitely filled those, uh, bi- not completely, obviously, but have definitely uh, made that footprint a little smaller both playing tremendous over the past two weeks uh, probably banged up uh, but still playing through it and uh, putting on a performance for uh, the Vikings but their defense looks good I agree I think this team does beat last year's um, because that that defense last year was uh, brutal to say the least but yeah impressive uh, performances over the past two weeks by the Vikings obviously led by Josh Dobbs.
1: Yep, just a few more, few more things. If I can, number one, I mean, week after week, Kevin O'Connell, what a great coaching job. Uh, and I'm wondering if he's starting to see because I think he was maybe number as soon as Kirk went down, the way he was playing, he was number one on the yo. Know, like Kirk was playing great, maybe want to bring Kirk back. He's running mm-hmm. of this offense very well, uh, and then he brings Josh Dobbs in. He, J- excuse me, Josh Dobbs in, and he sees what this offense can be with a mobile quarterback. I think maybe he's he's seeing the light a little bit about the you know the 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 what you can do with a with a mobile quarterback in an yeah. offense like his. And one more thing, I I have praised you Kevin O'Connell a lot. This has been a masterful coaching job. When they were 0-3, you were annoyingly positive. We can turn this around, we can turn this around. I was number one on the list saying, no, you can't. This team is bad. Hang it up, bro. Trade away your players. Um, but he was right. They can turn around, they have turned around. One five straight. But one more thing. The way this game went, especially in the run game without Cam Akers, after what I saw on Sunday, Alexander Madison should get about a quarter of the carries he does. Ty Chandler looked awesome, yeah. As the lead back for the Vikings in this game, a second-year man out of uh North Carolina. He was actually started at Tennessee uh before transferring over to North Carolina. The dude has crazy burst. He actually broke one off for a touchdown that was called back for one of the worst holding calls of the year candidate. Um, And that, of course, they were one BS call away from just completely blowing this game out of the water. I think that was in the fourth quarter would have been 34 to 11 at that point. Uh, So this game's looking differently, at least in the final score, for sure. Um, But anyway, like his burst looks so much so Awesome. The way he was able to hit the holes, the speed you saw. I mean, Alexander Madison looks so slow when he runs with the football. It's just, it's just, it's just bad, man. He's been really good in pass protection. So that's a positive. I will say something positive about Alexander Madison, but my gosh, he's been brutal in the run game. Ty Chandler looked great. More of Ty Chandler, especially in the passing game and in the running game. Bros got burners.
0: Yeah. He definitely performed well. Last NFL game for the slate, my Cowboys beating that S yes, forty nine to seventeen, just an absolute curb stomping, uh, by the Cowboys. Tanner, give me your thoughts on this one.
1: Uh, it's uh, my I think my the best way I can put it is the uh I think it's the Simpsons uh gif of someone closing their eyes kind of peeking through. Yeah. He says, stop. They're dead already. Yeah. I think that's, the. One. I, I might have completely, completely butchered it, but basically saying like, they're dead already. Stop. Like, yeah. And they just continue to punch and punch and punch down. Sad, lowly giants team. That is the worst team in football. Uh, Tommy DeVito, man. Oh my Lanta. Uh, it's bad. It's really bad in in East Rutherford right now. I mean, free free Saquon. Uh, it's crazy. Brian Dable was the coach of the year last
0: year. Yeah. Oh, how you can change things!
1: And my gosh, the, can't even begin to describe how big of a dumpster fire the Giants
0: are. This is what Dallas do. This is what Dallas yeah. do. If it's a, if they're a good team,
1: you will lose. Or if if they're playing a good team they will lose if they're playing a bad team they will win by 40
0: yeah um obviously everyone knows uh what happened uh, last time this uh these teams matched up cowboys 40 40 nothing i think they had like 11 sacks that was with daniel jones um i honestly think this might be an even more impressive performance by the Cowboys yes they gave up 17 points but the Cowboys just absolutely murdered um where do I start I mean Dak Prescott looked phenomenal um we'll get into that a little later um just uh, looked as good as probably one of the most impressive performances I've seen from Dak um Rico Doddle uh, twelve carries, seventy nine yards, t- TP, fifteen for fifty five. Uh, Brandon Cooks decide to be good again. Uh, nine receptions, hundred and seventy three yards, one touchdown. Uh, giving the ball to CD Lamb, another impressive performance by him. Eleven receptions, hundred and fifty one, one TUD. Uh, Michael Gallup throwing in some yards, two two receptions, seventy. Uh. Two receptions, 70 yards, one touchdown. Um, we we kind of all knew how dominant this uh, defense can be when it's cooking, obviously led by uh, Micah Parsons. Um, but just seeing how good this team can be when the offense gets going in addition to the defense. I mean, they shut... Uh, they shut the giants completely down. Tommy DeVito, a six yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, I was watching the game. Saquon did not have a positive uh, net yard to like his sixth or seventh carry. Um, this is one of the best, if not the best, uh, running backs. And he had zero yards through six rushes. It was just an absolute beat down, um, much needed uh, confidence boost for the Cowboys. It seems like they're kind of beaten down after that tough loss last week uh, to the Eagles, but definitely kind of entering a nice little uh, three game stretch with uh, this one against the Giants traveling to North Carolina. uh, to take on the Panthers uh, this week, then the Commanders, then the Seahawks, and then, uh, December 10th is uh, when things get tough, kick off with the Eagles and have a tough, tough stretch, uh, tough four game stretch with the Bills, Dolphins and Lions. So it, it's definitely a huge win, impressive win, and definitely uh, what we'd like to see as a Cowboys fan.
1: There you go. Yeah, there you go.
0: Speaking of impressive performances, we talked about a lot of impressive performances so it's time to crown our players of the week tanner who is your nfl player of the week
1: yeah man i'm not going to stray far from the conversation we were just having you know i i think a lot of the times we try and maybe get someone else that we didn't talk about and i thought uh, i do want to give a little shout out to uh to kyler murray you know coming back from the injury uh led the cardinals to a win over the falcons um I thought about giving him the player of the week coming off the injury, you know, but I just can't not give it to this player. He had the best performance in all of football, and that is Dak Prescott. You talked about it a little bit, Sam. Um, 404 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, it was an absolute stud uh, in in this game. Of course, the praise has to be as loud as the disrespect. We all know the way he was turning the ball over. Um, people were getting on him, us included, and, yeah, he uh, he looks like he's turned a corner. Sam, I'm going to read you four numbers in a row. Um, those numbers are 24.88, 28.06, 26.3, or excuse me, 28.36, and 37.86. Those are Dak Prescott's fantasy numbers over the Jeez. past four weeks. So, I know fantasy football doesn't equal real football, but bro is putting up numbers yeah in the past four weeks uh and we got to talk about him man he looks like he's turned the corner this offense is humming right now so Dak prescott you are the nfl player of the week
0: yeah he he definitely balled out this uh past weekend um looked good as ever um i'm also going to stay in the quarterback room this dude actually had a record-breaking performance And that is none other than Dylan Gabriel of the Oklahoma Sooners. He balled out Saturday 23 for 36, 423 passing yards, five touchdowns, 11 rushes for 50 yards, three touchdowns. That's eight total touchdowns, which is a school record that beat previous best set by Baker Mayfield with seven scores against Texas tech in 2016. Um and he probably could have even added more stats, but he ended up getting pulled in the fourth quarter as the Sooners uh beat the Mountaineers of West Virginia 59 to 20. so it could have even been worse, I'm sure, but Dylan Gabriel balled out
1: That's for sure
0: yeah that it it was a sure. impressive performance, but Tanner, it's time for my favorite part of the episode it's pick 'em time let's recap last week um it it came down to the wire um Michigan Penn State we, I had Michigan Tar had Penn State Tennessee Missouri we split that one tear had Missouri we both had Washington I decided to be an idiot with ole Miss and take them <laughs> Tanner was smart and took Georgia uh we both got the 49ers who absolutely demolished the Jags. No one saw that coming. Um, we both had the Vikings and we both... Oh, miscalculated.
1: Uh-oh. Hot seat. Sam
0: on the hot seat. Yep. I had the Lions. You had the Chargers. We had an interesting thing go on with Superdog this week. We all started... Whoops. Uh, we all started. I'm in shambles. We all started last week. We were both on the same Superdog Nebraska plus 3 versus Maryland. Vegas knew something. It actually pushed uh so Tanner didn't get the full two points. He just got one and my last minute switch up Miami uh covered there against FSU. So I had 7 weekly points Tanner had 6 that brings the total uh to 58 to 54 for Tanner our super dog uh records are 8 and 2 and Tanner is now 7 2 and 1 uh so pretty impressive performances so far by us this season um that doesn't add up oh well um no it does i'm sorry um shambles i'm in i'm in shambles uh but let's see if we can improve on those tanner utah travels to arizona uh coming off a heartbreaking uh loss to washington and arizona is hot as ever he got here it's a pickup.
1: Yeah, man, this is a pretty intriguing game. Not the highest-ranked teams, but very evenly matched teams, I think. And I'm going to go with the home team, man. Give me the Wildcats here. Arizona has looked really good as of late, handling business against UCLA, handling business against Oregon State. Uh, Got a big win at Colorado. I think only only won by three in that game. But a lot of talent on that Colorado team. Going to Colorado, tough tough place to play um but they have won uh one two three four five they've won a lot of games straight here um against ucla or no excuse me colorado ucla oregon state washington state so that's four straight and then before that they lost by two in overtime to usc yeah so uh they've been playing great football i like the wildcats at home here
0: yeah uh they're one of the hottest team in the country uh, we kind of talked about earlier. Utah tends to struggle against uh solid uh solid opponents. I think Arizona is one of those solid opponents. I think uh they struggle to get Utah struggles to get the ball into end zone. I got Arizona here. Tanner, let's go down to SEC, Georgia, coming off that dominant uh performance over. Um, oh, miss 10 point favorites over the Tennessee Volunteers coming off a tough loss to Missouri. Who you got here?
1: I'm just not going to overthink this one at all. Georgia it looks like they finally got, you know, finally have that motivation that, that, uh, that, well, that, that little extra umph in their game to show the college football playoff exactly what they're made of. And Tennessee flyout looked terrible against Missouri. Uh, Missouri is a team that I think, uh, is somehow underrated, even though how good they've been playing and where they are ranked, at least in the public perception, a team that's underrated. Uh, But anyway, Tennessee looked terrible. Georgia looked awesome. Give me the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah. uh, I'm not going against Georgia again, especially when I went with Tennessee against Missouri and they got absolutely walloped. Give me Georgia here. Um, Let's go down to Kansas where the Kansas state wildcats uh, take on the kansas jayhawks kansas state is a seven and a half point favorite here who you got
1: yeah this one's interesting um it's it's an interesting game however i was i was totally i, I saw this game on the docket i was 100 leaning one way which changed after last week because of an injury to the quarterback uh kansas quarterback uh, Jason Bean got injured. Uh, against Texas Tech a week ago, lot they Kansas actually lost that game. His health is up is up in the air right now. He's been so good for Kansas. I gotta go with Kansas State. It sucks because I was I was fully prepared to go with Kansas. I thought this was a prime position for the team that looked good, went healthy at home, but with that injury to that quarterback, man. Uh, I just can't do it. So, so give me the Wildcats, which is unfortunate, but I'm going to go with Kansas state.
0: Not so fast. My friend, when it comes down to it, this is a huge rivalry game. It seemed that Kansas is, um, court qu- quarterback that came in last week. Wasn't, uh, too prepared. Cole Ballard, uh, It seemed Jason Bean was going to be the guy Uh, throughout the season. Cole Ballard kind of got thrown in there, I think, with another week of preparation and an added motivation to kind of upset Kansas State here. Uh, Give me the Jayhawks, man, at home. Uh, I like it a lot. So give me the Jayhawks upsetting uh, Kansas State here. Now let's go out west. Uh, Washington taking on Oregon State. It's actually a pick'em, which I find very interesting. But who you
1: got here today? I know this is so interesting. This is so interesting. I want to, I want to so bad. I want to. I'm not but I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go with Washington. I agree to pick them is surprising. In uh, you know, at Oregon State, figured uh, it would be a little bit closer spread than I thought. Not quite pick'em. Um, but I'm going with my pick to be the Heisman. A lot of people's pick to be the Heisman. Michael Penix Jr. Uh, give me Washington here in a very close game, but give me
0: Washington. Not so fast again. I think last week was telling for the Washington defense. I, I it, it was a red flag, and Utah's offense is not that good. Um, I think DJ... Ui Ungale is going to show that he is still one of the better quarterbacks in college football, uh, especially playing at home in such a big meaningful game. I think the Oregon state Beavers shock the nation and beat Washington here, but that's going to do it for our college football slate. Um, to be honest with you, all the NFL slate kind of sucks this week. Um, to be honest, we're picking both of the, we're picking Thursday night and Monday. So Thursday
1: and Monday have been the best games. Yeah,
0: it's it's been tough this week. Yeah, I mean,
1: truly the first time in NFL history.
0: Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, but let's kick off with two teams that are coming off hard. Breaking losses in the Cincinnati Bengals obviously took a tough loss to CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans last week. And then the Ravens giving up so many points in the second half against uh, Deshaun Watson and the Browns. The Ravens are favored at home uh, by three and a half, but Tanner, who you got here?
1: Yeah, I think this game is going to come down to a, one X factor, one singular X factor. That's the health of. Um, T Higgins, because simply put this rave or this race, this uh, Bengals team is a completely different offense when you have two elite wide receivers playing versus when you have one. Now Tyler Boyd is a, he is a fine second option. He's a fantastic third option. But he's only a fine second option. Them three together is an absolute trio, but when they're missing T Higgins, they look different. Um, that combined with it being in Baltimore, I'm gonna go with the Ravens at home. I think they bounce back here. Lamar puts the, puts on an absolute show, um, but this should be a great one. Like I'm, get your popcorn ready.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be one of the best games. Uh, both coming off heartbreaking losses, like I said. For some reason, the Bengals are calling me out, so I'm gonna go with them. Fuck your gut. Trust the gut. Um we their team has been just so did they he throw another pick? No, he uh oh. another drop. Oh, okay. Um it they've had such an up and down year. We saw them lose to the Titans and then win against the 49ers, win against the Bills who might suck, um, and then lose to the Texans. It seems this could be a huge statement win for the Bengals, kind of get them back to where we kind of expect big implications, uh, within the division. I, I just think Joe Burrow's going to have one of those games where he just goes absolutely crazy. Give me the Bengals going into Baltimore and coming out with a win. And then finally wrapping up, pick them. Let's go to the Kelsey bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the chiefs. Chiefs are two and a half point favorites at home. Which Kelsey are you going with, Jason or Travis Tanner, Eagles or Chiefs?
1: I'll tell you what, Sam, this is a landmark episode. Not only did I choose a Philadelphia sports oh, team as no, my winner, that's,
0: this is gross, but I'm going to pick a team
1: to win a big game. I think they get their revenge for the Super Bowl. Um, I just think Philly's on another level right now in terms of NFL teams. I think they're the, they're the best team in the NFL. They were one of my takeaways. Um, they're just, they're so well-rounded. Um, and, and on the Kansas city side of things, um, it is in Kansas city. That does, that does help the the chiefs here, but uh, a lot of noise, just a lot of noise on the Kansas city side. I think, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to go with the team that just shows up, plays football, I'm going to go with Jason Kelsey to get his revenge against the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Eagles here. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but I think you're wrong here, Tanner. I got the Chiefs arrowheads, one of the toughest places to play uh, in the NFL. Um, if, if it was at Philly, I'd be saying the same thing for Eagles, probably two of the most loyal fan bases. Um but I think this is a game where we see Prime Patty, Mahomes come back. We've seen him struggle. We saw him struggle a lot uh, against the Broncos a couple weeks ago. I haven't really seen that explosiveness from the Chiefs' offense, and I think this is a great game to do it. I expect I expect Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey to kind of be on be on the same page and kind of return to what we're used to seeing uh, a lot of downhill, uh, big completions, gain a lot of yards, getting in the rhythm. And uh, I got the chiefs, uh, winning at home against the Eagles. Tanner, it's time. Let's see if we can improve on the super dog side of things. Tanner, who is your super dog?
1: Yeah, man gonna take you outside of the power five for a little bit spent a lot of time Uh inside let's get out of it for a second i'm going to go with the memphis tigers they are getting seven and a half points at home against smu a big time matchup in the american um a matchup of eight and two teams actually uh but uh within the conference Memphis is sitting at five and one SMU at six and zero. Oh. Memphis's only loss was against Tulane another six and zero oh team so Tulane and SMU have yet to match up as well uh but I just like this Memphis team at home man they score a crap ton of points they're uh in back-to-back week weeks they won 44 38 over Charlotte and then 59 50 over South Florida this team can score points their defense is of course a concern uh but at home with the crowd uh, with them you know the defense tends to play a little bit better at home so uh uh expect points i think the over under right now is like set at set at around 67 uh so expect points as memphis does at home but i like them getting seven and a half
0: yeah that that's gonna be a great game i am also gonna go with a big conference implication game but I'm gonna stay in the power five give me Iowa State at home plus seven and a half versus Texas at home lot of uh big 12 conference implications um Iowa State at night is a tough place to play Jack Trice is gonna be bumping especially with how hot uh, the Cyclones have been lately uh, struggled to kick off the season uh, with a upset in uh, Ohio, and is they kind of controlled their destiny. Um, could potentially end up winning uh, or being in the Big Twelve uh, championship, and could spoil Texas's uh, chances at the Big Twelve uh, championship, which I'd love to see horns down always. But give me Iowa State plus seven and a half at home versus Texas.
1: Iowa State's playing real well, man. I mean, what is when yours did he start last week? I think he might have been
0: back last week. Yeah, I think so. Gotcha. It's, it's going to be interesting yeah, be for up. sure. Yeah. And let's wrap up as we always do with questions. Got a lot of questions this week. So shout out to our wonderful listeners. Your brother comes out with the first one. He wants to know, what do you think the hypothetical spread would be if Iowa played Michigan in Indy for the Big Ten Championship?
1: This is a great question real tough to kind of think because it's hard to think objectively about this. I mean, cuz you and I both know we're like Michigan will win by 100. Mm-hmm. Um, but in all seriousness, I try my best to to actually predict this. I think I would go Michigan minus 28 and a half would be would be my line.
0: 28 and a half. 28 and a half. I'm going to go a little different. I think Iowa's defense is just that good where it'll keep it semi close. Um, so I'm i I'm gonna go a little lower than you give me uh Michigan minus 10 and a half, but wow. yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I was going to end up in the big 10 championship, but we'll see about that. Next question. The big talk of, uh, Speaking of Michigan, uh, big talk of college football. Jim Harbaugh got suspended for three games. Uh, can't be on the sideline. Kerry guy wants to know what are our thoughts on the Jim Harbaugh suspension.
1: Uh, so somehow missed this. Um, I mean the suspension came out pretty recently, right? Like pretty close to the game time because wasn't there on the sideline mm-hmm. and I was like I had a busy weekend, but anyway, um so
0: who was it the the conference
1: that suspended him?
0: I think was it the university? I think it was uh the Big Ten. Because
1: if it's the Big Ten, that's what gets interesting. Um, because what the 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 law there's a lawsuit from Michigan saying that the Big Ten can't punish him because the Big Ten doesn't have the ability to. Um, yeah,
0: it's he was suspended by the Big Ten uh, from the field for final three uh, games of the 2023 really
1: season. interesting. It's really interesting. Again, we talked about last week how we're still very fuzzy on the situation when new information comes out um, and – conflicting information and they did this but they didn't do this but other teams are doing this so it is really really hard to hard to follow we tried reading up on it but it still just seemed to confuse us more um i mean he broke rules that's what the claim is right now um i i, I you know i do think there should be some sort of investigation before any punishment is is given Uh, I'm not sure if that was the case, but just a really interesting situation. Um, I probably would have waited on the suspension, but I'm curious your thoughts here.
0: Yeah. um, Honestly, what surprised me most was the fact they did it when they're going to be probably going to be your representative in the college football playoffs. Um, I do think it's kind of bullshit. Um, do I think they should have waited, um, to suspend him? Yes. But three games, not now, if it was postseason, I'm like, okay, that, that means a little more, but just three games at the end of a season, like, come on you. And it's not even is literally just the game. It's not even. Like uh, practice. practice, so he's gonna be there from the moment the team gets back to when they that. travel.
1: I didn't know that. So, so he can, can pretty much instill a game plan and just yeah. have someone else call it. Call it. Interesting. So,
0: so I, <laughs> it, it, to me? It's BS, but I also don't think he like kind of like a faux suspension. Yeah, just it's like, it's weird. Um, but. Speaking of head coaches on the hot seat, Jimbo Fisher is officially out at Texas A&M. I uh, got canned after their game game uh on Saturday. Um, Kerry Guy with another question wants to know what our thoughts on that, and especially the. Buyout, which is $77 million uh, to be relieved uh from his duties as head coach uh this past Sunday. What kind of what? Give me your first thoughts on that. First off,
1: get him out of here. I mean, yeah. I, I say it I say it again, say it all the time. No program in the history of sports has done less with more than Texas AM. And that of course is on Jimbo Fisher uh simply put the program has been bad under him uh under six in six years they went 45 and 25 which again you say that doesn't sound that bad but this is texas a&m this is texas a&m with consistently top 10 maybe even top five recruiting classes um they should be losing two maybe three uh games a season 25 losses in 6 seasons just too many. Uh yeah, Jimbo uh Jimbo did not get it done. Interestingly, uh, have you have you ever come up with a worse way to spend $75 million than to uh uh bring yeah, Jimbo Fisher and as your head coach. He signed his contract was a 10-year $75 million contract. His buyout was 77. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. I don't like, obviously I know those numbers aren't the same, but how you can sign a $75 million contract and get bought out for $77 million. makes no sense. Um, But this, this dude stunk his 10 year under A&M is horrible. They A&M fans should be very happy that he's gone. Um, And it's just, it didn't work. Get him out of here. It's done.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is insane. Um, The buyout owed, um the second most second biggest buyout uh to power five football coach is Gus Malzahn at Auburn and he was only 21.5 million and Jimbo is 76. Cool. And the, so they extended him when they went 9 and 1 in the pandemic season. Eek um th- this was probably one of the, now it is it is the worst contract in college football history um one of the worst contracts ever um did absolutely nothing yeah. at AM. <laughs> i totally agree with you tanner um so did so little with so much talent um when it all comes back on a coach, and uh, that's why he got canned. Um, but if anyone can afford to buy out a coach for $76 million, it's definitely AM and and that oil money down in Texas. That's for sure. And that so the oil money oh, down yeah, in Texas. But moving on, um, Trey Rouse wants to know what are Alabama's chances? of making the college football playoffs?
1: Oh, this is a very interesting question because simply put, I, I don't think this is a year where we see two teams from the same conference. I just don't. You look at how many eligible teams there are right now. I'm going to say it, a one loss to Texas that wins the big 12 deserves to be in the college football playoff more than a, um, than Alabama would if they don't win the big uh if they don't win the sec right so you gotta you gotta beat georgia then you get into the georgia versus alabama situation that is interesting but they lose to georgia they're out yeah i don't think they're beating georgia to be honest with you so i don't i I don't think they're they obviously can't i wouldn't say their odds are, are are very high at the moment just because i don't think they're beating georgia
0: yeah, I, there's a lot of dominoes that kind of need to fall um, for Alabama to get in. It would be dumb to say that they don't have a chance because they always do now. So here's kind of my thought. So Texas is needs to win out. I think if they drop one of these yep. last couple games, I think that yep, two lot, the two two loss, loss. yeah. But if they win out, they have the tiebreaker. Yep, over Bama. Yep, um, and the, potentially the Big Twelve champion. Um, now Bama wins out. That's have, interesting. They and they beat Georgia, where. What carries more weight? SEC or Because like if, if you think
1: about it right now, winner, winner of the Big Ten, right? Assuming that whoever comes out of the East beats whoever comes out of the West, obviously it will happen. Whoever comes out of the East out of the out of the Big Ten, basically the winner of Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. So that's that's one that's, that's one, one team that'll be in. Presumably also the winner of Washington, Oregon. That yeah. game is gonna be for the Pac-12. Whoever's going to win that, right? That's two. An undefeated Texas, or excuse me, not undefeated because they lost to Oklahoma, but mm-hmm. a Texas that wins out and wins the uh, wins the Big 12, they're probably in. So you have two conferences that are pretty much locks right now, or at least ones that we've talked about, in, in Big 10 and, and the Pac-12. The only team left in the Big 12 we just said is Texas. The only team left in the ACC, ACC is would be Florida State, Florida State right? And they all they, all they got to do is win their win the win the conference. I think they have they have a loss to play with right they're undefeated um if they I think they can lose a game as long as they win the ACC they'll be in right So I, I think they're basically a lock. So that's like that's three locks And then you have the so potential chaos if Alabama beats Georgia and Texas wins, wins out. That's the chaos scenario because you have like six eligible teams who gets into yeah. gets out? Now that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. And what if, so say Michigan goes on, beats Ohio State. Where Where's Ohio right. State in that situation? Obviously, it oh, won't, yeah. won't be a Big Ten, but they're one loss team. And then you got, what if, what happens was, if- They'll
1: put them in the same as Georgia, one loss team. Georgia, if they lose to Alabama. Yeah.
0: And what if, what if Florida State loses- They have one loss, but probably will be the ACC champion if they they lose. What if?
1: Because we agree, right? If they lose a game, but they win the ACC, they're in. Yeah. But if they lose the ACC ACC championship game, they have one loss, but lost the ACC.
0: Yeah. Are they in? And then what happens with the Pac-12? You got Oregon. What if Washington loses to Oregon in the Pac-12? Where does that go? What if, like, where is Pac-12 over Texas? Or is it just the craziest? I'm going to miss this. Yeah. When the
1: playoff gets to eight, like I understand it's probably for the best. We'll probably get some, some pretty good games and, and whatnot, but I'm going to miss this, man. I'm yeah. talking about, but if they win, but if they win, but if they have one loss, but they have two losses, but here if they win, and they, uh,
0: insane. And it it's funny this is even a conversation because at the beginning of the year, we're like, out there, it's not not yeah, a top team, a team oh.
1: when Texas lost
0: to Oklahoma, uh-huh. they were dead, you know. It's crazy, yeah, it's crazy. And then we have like eight year Bo Nix leading the Ducks, and Michael Penix, a six year leading the Huskies. It's just a crazy time to be a college football fan. Good but but that's the Pac 12 back in the mm-hmm. playoffs, too. Yeah, all for it to get demolished next season,
1: <laughs> yeah, get <they're> blown <laughs> up. Seriously,
0: so last kind of thing on the college football playoffs. If you're, I get, I get the pack 12 leaving um, because it's not going to be a conference. But if you're Oklahoma and Texas, why are you leaving the big Twelve?
1: It didn't make sense to any of us. Obviously
0: money oh, is that. Okay. Yeah. But the yeah. when you, when you look at it though, I don't see Texas and Oklahoma being consistently competing for SEC championships.
1: Right. I, it boils down to, is there more money to be made from TV or from, from the TV, TV deals of the SEC or from ticket and rev, ticket and, and, and concession revenue? Because I also mind you in the 18 playoff,
0: there's it, home games, right? There's home.
1: Games, yeah, right. The people are hosting. So, if you can continuously win the big 12 again, which is a conference that at least on the football side of things, like Oklahoma, yeah. Texas would be favored every year. Yeah. if They stayed. Um
0: It's interesting. It it's is an interesting, interesting conversation.
1: Football wise. It doesn't make much sense mm-hmm. unless they think that somehow they can, the level of competition will somehow upgrade, mm-hmm. you know, the rise to the occasion. We don't think that's the case uh, because simply put no, no one has been able to other than, Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Um, But and then the one LSU every, every, every couple of years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there, there's always a chance Alabama can get in, but there's going to be some dominoes that have to fall, but there's always a chance. Um, Last question here comes from Blake Baumgartner. He wants to know what are the odds the Browns make the Super Bowl.
1: Uh, the the AFC is an unreal. There's just the AFC is an unreal conference. Um I mean top to bottom Chiefs of course, reigning Super Bowl champions. In your division, you have the Ravens. In your division, you have the Bengals. Uh the Ravens were the best team in the league last uh, last week according to us. Uh-huh. The, the Bengals were like a preseason favorite mm-hmm. uh um in this you know in, in the conference. Uh you also I mean you also have Bills. The Bills. <laughs> it's where I'm watching in the game. I can't think. You also have the Bills, the Dolphins, uh, which obviously the Bills kind of don't look great right now. But no one wants to run into the Bills. Let's be honest. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins. That offense can can get pretty scary. So like. The AFC is unreal. What are the odds? I don't think their odds are very high. They win the Super yeah. Bowl. hot take. The defense is great. I know we had a conversation. Is their offense good? Is their offense good? I just don't trust them. They might, be, yeah. they might be playing well. They might be playing. You know, I just, I just don't trust them to play against a, a basically do what they just did play against yeah. a good team on the road and win. Cause they probably won't have home field advantage, um, which they did this week. I'm not sure. to be able to do it in the playoffs. So, so I don't think it's very high, but um it's impressive stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think it's high. I'm gonna take your analysis a step further. I don't trust Deshaun Watson enough. Um, this was kind of the first true kind of impressive game we've seen from him. And it seems he gets hurt like every other week, too, which is uh means PJ Walker's gonna be at the helm. And no, he is not leading this team. But if if it was one side of the ball, um, I'd say the Browns have a good shot with just their defense because yeah, it's right. one of the best.
1: I mean, it's it's not zero. It's, it's not, not zero. Their chances are not zero because of that defense. Also, we do have to mention also Nick Chubb, obviously, yeah. you know, out for the year. So big piece missing from that offense as well.
0: But yeah, I mean, not likely, but crazier things have happened, right? Correct. Uh, but that will wrap it up for episode 110 of crunch time with the N three, two, six duo, congrats. You have made it to the end of the episode. So shout out to you. Meanwhile, you can follow the pod on Instagram, TikTok, and X at crunch time, underscore pod. And also make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel crunch time with the N three, two, six duo as well. We have merch Now it'll be in the description. Uh, Shout out to Mario Garcia and Lincoln Riley for copping some merch. Big shout out to y'all. But with that, clock has run out on this episode. But we will see you on the next one on Crunch Time. I'll see you.